0: gathering together, checking on each other, saying hello, and worshiping and praising our Lord Jesus Christ. It all works together. Amen. Okay. There's a sign-up sheet, by the way, for this computer class, as it's mentioned. If you are interested in coming to that, you'll need to sign up and let us know. But that's only about a month away. See how time is flying by, everybody? Uh, Today is the 16th of October. It's crazy. How time is going by it's just crazy so that's actually a month away it's not that far away so we would like to be, let people know ahead of time about a month what's going on and we appreciate your prayers and your support and we appreciate your sharing the love of jesus christ with other people as, as well amen let's go ahead and look to the lord with a word of prayer and we'll get started father we just thank you again for your loving kindness and your Your goodness, Lord, we thank you for travel mercies that allowed us to even get here to church today. I thank you for that, too. I thank you, Lord, for your presence. I pray now, Lord, that the Holy Spirit imparts wisdom, not the words that I use, Lord, but the words that you would have me to use. And I thank you, Lord, for the teaching and the instruction that's to come about Something very near and dear to you and something that is very important for all of us. Your word. We thank you, Lord, for your presence. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. A number of years ago, and this is the first time my wife heard about this too because I had forgotten about it, probably because I wanted to forget about it. But a number of years ago, I took a Greyhound bus from Cleveland to Cincinnati, Ohio. I lived in the Cincinnati area for about a year for work. And I was in my 20s, and I had a car that was in need of repair, but I wanted to go home for a holiday weekend, and so I took the bus to Cleveland and then made the return trip back. Upon my return, I discovered (laughs) that the closest bus stop to where I lived in Springdale uh, for those of you who know Cincinnati, you might know Springdale. I know one person does, which is a northern suburb of Cincinnati. The nearest bus stop was Sharonville. Sharonville, it was just off of Route 42 near I-71. Sharonville is 10 miles away from Springdale. 10 miles away. I didn't know that many people in the area who I could call to get a ride home. And if I did, I would have to use a pay phone. I didn't have a cell phone. I didn't want to take a taxi. Therefore, I wound up walking 10 miles. One hour and 30 minutes to get to my apartment. That was by far the longest walk I've ever experienced. And I pray I never, ever have to do that again. (laughs) And honestly, I knew where I had to go because I was pretty good with directions but if you're not used to walking a long distance, you'll feel it later. And I did. But praise the Lord, I finally made it home. When you're walking for an hour and a half alone, you've got a lot of time to yourself. Amen? Lots of time. An hour and 30 minutes worth of time. <laughs> um, you're on a journey. You're going to a specific destination, and even when you know where you're going, you're still likely to encounter opportunities and obstacles along the way. Well, today, if you're able, let's go on a journey together. It will not be a physical walk of any length, I promise you. It's a spiritual journey. We're going to go on a spiritual journey. The journey is about following a path to a greater love for Jesus Christ. A greater love for Jesus. Every Sunday here at our church our desire and our prayer is to proclaim the good news of Jesus. And proclaim that good news to those who don't know who he is and To reinforce the goodness of Jesus to those who do know who he is. That's what we're all about here. That's what we do every week. It's always good to know exactly what your mission is, what your plan is as a church. One of our mission statements is to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Well, we're here in the world today. This is our journey. It's your personal journey of faith and trust in Jesus and our church and every Bible teaching church all over the world is part of this journey. We're all in it together. We all love Jesus. We all want to know more about who Jesus is. We're all in it together. I'm sharing this with you because my path as I learn more about my own personal call of service to Jesus, involves some scripture memorization and topical relevance to the scriptures. Of course, it starts with a regular practice of reading the Bible each day. Amen? Amen? Reading the Bible each day. Amen? Amen? And it also requires some memorization which requires a little bit more effort. It's more than just reading. You have to now go over the passages over and over again. Well, that's part of my journey. I'm a lifetime student of the Bible. Now, as you learn more about Jesus Christ, you're going to find that you, too, will be also a lifetime Bible student. How many of you claim to be lifetime Bible students right now? Well, amen. That's a good response. It wasn't 100% though. But the more you get into the word, I'm going to just make a promise to you. For those who didn't raise their hands, you'll be a lifetime Bible student too. The more you get into the word. And the more you understand what you're reading. It would be that if you don't stay in the word, you feel as though you were missing out. It's because you want to do it. It's because you love to do it. You love Jesus and want more and more of Him in your life. Not less and less. More and more. May your love for Jesus develop to a place where not reading and studying His Word will urge you To say stop what I'm doing. And get into it. Making time for him. And thankfully the Holy Spirit is our guiding presence in that process. Here's a promise. You make the commitment to it. You will love the Lord more and more. And you will be eager to learn more about him as you go not going to stay the same. It's going to keep increasing. You'll be a lifetime student of the Bible with the power of the indwelling Holy Spirit as your teacher. So today we're going to look at how God shows us that his word is authentic and true. His word is authentic and true. Now for those who are skeptical, that's an issue of what? Credibility. Credibility when we undertake the study of God and why your faith and trust in Jesus is meaningful and fulfilling. So our study today is going to be on the word of God. The word of God. Now, I could preach for 10 hours about the word of God. Well, I'm not going to do that today because I don't need to. You know why? I'll preach for about 40 minutes worth of time, and you go do the rest. Amen? Because that's the whole point of this. You go do the rest. The Word of God is a good place to start in our journey because it sets the foundation for our walk of faith in Jesus. It goes directly to who Jesus is. Turn your Bibles and electronic devices to John chapter 1. Let's look at the first five verses of John chapter 1. John 1, verses 1 through 5. John 1, verses 1 through 5. Now, for those of you who are aware, we're in the book of John in Sunday school. And we just got through part of John chapter 4. But... You'll notice how John is going to give us information about who Jesus is within these first five verses. John chapter 1, verse 1 through 5. I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. An unextinguishable light. Now back in verse 4, giving life to everything that was created refers to how nothing was created except through Him. And that includes all of us here. We're all His creation. We're all His creation. The Word gave life to everything. This Word that John is referring to is none other than Jesus Christ. He is our eternal word. He's the reason why we're here today. Amen? He's the reason why we're here. Our purpose is to be here to worship and praise our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And learn more about him. When we speak of eternity, he has always existed. And you notice how it says in the beginning was the word already existed when we look at John chapter 1 verse 1. Well, that's the beginning relevant to us. He's always existed. For our purposes, we have to have a starting point because we're all created beings. But he's always existed. That's mind-boggling in itself. There are three areas of focus that we're going to explore pertaining to the Word of God. You might want to jot these down. There are the three I's. I call them the three I's. Inspiration, inerrancy, and illumination. Inspiration, inerrancy, and illumination. And I love that word illumination. Illumination implies a light, doesn't it? There's lighting that's taking place. Well, that's not exactly what we're going to say, but it gives that implication. Some of these points are going to be highly applicable to our recently completed 25 week study on biblical inerrancy. For those of you who are a part of Sunday school, you would know we talked about that. So I'm just going to throw another plug in there, guys. Sunday school, a lot of churches don't teach Sunday school. And I think it's a tragedy that they don't. I've been teaching Sunday school now for the better part of 30 years. And I mean the better part of 30 years. Long time. But you need Sunday school. It's different from, obviously, someone who's preaching, right? It's an opportunity for you to get deeper and deeper into the Word. All right, that's my plug. So let's start with inspiration. Inspiration is that the words of Scripture are God-breathed and God's Spirit carried along human authors to write down what God wanted to reveal to us. If you want to describe Scripture, the Bible, that's the description of it. All Scripture is God-breathed. Let's take a look at a Bible verse that represents this view in four different Bible versions. Look at four different Bible versions for a reason. Turn your Bibles to 2 Timothy 3, verse 16. 2 Timothy 3, verse 16. Now, this is one of those verses that is a Bible verse that I need to memorize. Well, I kind of have, but I'm just letting you know that that's a Bible verse that you should memorize. You should memorize it. 2 Timothy 3.16. Now, I'm going to read you four different versions. You don't need to worry about grabbing another version. Just keep the one you have in front of you. But I'm going to read from the first from the NIV version. Let's start with that. NIV version. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. And all four of these verses are going to say the exact same thing with different words. So if I look at the English Standard Version... Of this passage, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. Here's the Christian Standard Bible version All scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness. And finally, the New Living Translation. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. Four different versions of this verse. And you notice that the New Living Translation version was the longest version. I'm showing these four different different versions to point out when you're looking at memorizing Scripture. Now, this is in my opinion, and I've tested it out a little bit. You're best served to settle on one version as you go through your studies. If you start bouncing around, if you keep moving around, you're going to encounter a few small word changes from version to version, which I just read to you. That's going to slow down your progress. So pick a version that best fits you. Amen? Does that make sense? Because if you try to memorize the New Living Translation version of this and compare it to this, it's like, oh man, I'm not sure I got the whole thing right. Stay with one version. Whatever your favorite version is. I don't, I've talked about this before as well, too. Pick a version and stay with it. You can go to different versions, but when it comes to the memorization process, pick one. Stay with it. Amen? That's more logic than anything else. There's no right or wrong way to do this. But if you want to memorize Scripture consistently and effectively, pick the one version, stick to it. Now, the best method of memorization, there's all kinds of tools out there that can help you with Bible memorization. I'm not endorsing any of them. Uh, frankly, the best way to do it is just to keep studying the verse, keep it at the forefront where eventually it's going to stick. And how's it going to stick? Asking the Lord to help you as you go, asking the Lord to give you wisdom. The Spirit's going to enable you to capture the words and the intent of the verse. Because you not only need, do you need to know the words, you need to know the intent. Amen? Amen. Here's another passage pertaining to inspiration. Turn your Bibles to Second Peter, chapter one, verses 20 and 21. Second Peter, chapter one, verses 20 and 21. All the hardcore page turners are here, but I also know that I have some peeps and friends that have the electronic devices. Amen. Amen. We're all in this together. Amen. Except for Gus. I don't know why Gus is using Second <laughs> 2 Peter 1, verses 20 and 21. Above all, you know this. No prophecy of Scripture comes from the prophet's own interpretation, because no prophecy ever came by the will of man. Instead, men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Now, that was the Christian Standard Bible Version. You're going to see a pattern here as we go forward. Note the role of the Holy Spirit who relayed God's wisdom to the writers of Scripture. The very writers. We need to see that. We need to trust in that. We need to believe that. And here's one more passage that is very familiar to you. Hebrews chapter 4. Go to Hebrews 4 verse 12. Hebrews 4 verse 12. And this one too is a verse that you should get your arms around and memorize. Hebrews 4.12, For the word of God is living and effective and sharper than any double-edged sword, penetrating as far as the separation of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. What's the key part of this verse? It's the comparison of God's word to a double-edged sword. Can you imagine anything sharper than a double-edged sword? You know, the knives that you use in your kitchen have one edge to them. Well, a double-edged sword, that thing there will cut through anything just by looking at it almost. It's very sharp. The Word has the power to change your life. That's how powerful it is. And about cutting, mm, a double edged sword. Yeah, it cuts. It's a powerful, living, active word that distinguishes between those who trust in Jesus and those who would rather live in unrighteousness. He knows. Because you have to choose to live for Jesus, just as you choose to live unrighteously. Amen? Amen? There's a quiet amen there. Because that, it cuts, see. You know what I'm referring to. The word discerns the heart of man. Just as Jesus reminds us in John chapter 2, verses 24 and 25, that he knew all people. He knows everybody. He knows who you are. He knows where you're coming from. He knows where your thought process is. He knows that you're maybe distracted right now. He knows where your focus is. He knows all about our human nature. He himself knew what was in man. That's what he said in verse 25, John chapter 2. He knows. Jeremiah 17, 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? Well, the question is rhetorical, of course, because our flesh cannot comprehend our heart. Only Jesus can. He tells us the truth when we don't want to hear it. Amen? He tells us the truth about who we are. And I'm thankful that he does, too. The next word, inerrancy. Inerrancy. The words of Scripture, and this is a big argument that takes place today, too, everybody, for those who want to be naysayers, of God's word, you'll hear all kinds of arguments. Well, it's not the real word. Just a bunch of guys got together and wrote down some stuff. Foolish, foolish people. The words of scripture are without error in the original manuscripts, which is something that we talked about. The original manuscripts are without error. God's word does not affirm anything contrary to fact, and every word is perfect, trustworthy, and true. Now, we recognize that there have been copying errors over the years. We're human beings. We make mistakes. Things happen that way. But what we have seen in some of the more modern translations that have come out, some of those errors have been resolved, fixed, or at least pointed out for us to make a note of as we read Scripture. But the original Scripture is the real deal. Now that's a matter of faith, isn't it? But that's where we are. So Let's note the descriptions that follow in these passages that refer to the words truth, the words purity, and the words perfection. Truth, purity, and perfection. When We talk about God's inerrant word. Turn to Psalm 12, verse 6. Psalm 12, verse 6. Psalm 12, verse 6. Now, we'll move through these relatively quickly. They don't take a long time, but we want to cover the passages here that talk about inerrancy. But all of these are going to say the same thing about truth, purity, and perfection. The words of the Lord are pure words like silver refining in an earthen furnace, purified seven times. Well, just imagine that. A purification process seven times over. That's pretty good. That's pure. Flip over to Psalm 1830. Psalm 1830. Try and go here in numerical order. Psalm 1830. Pick up on the key words as I go. God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is pure. He is a shield to all who take refuge in him. Perfect. Pure. Flip over to Psalm nineteen. Let's look at verse 7. Psalm 19, verse 7. The instruction of the Lord is perfect. Renewing one's life. The testimony of the Lord is trustworthy as truth. Making the inexperienced wise. I would love to have God's wisdom at all times. And one more. Now you've got to go to Psalm 119. Psalm 119, verse 142. Psalm 119, verse 142. Verse 142, your righteousness is an everlasting righteousness and your instruction is true. Four different references here in the Psalms about the truth, the perfection, the righteousness. Again, matters of faith. But we serve a God who does not lie. He tells the truth. And we know he tells the truth from our own life experiences. Amen? He deals in truth. We like to lie to ourselves all the time. Amen? The Lord should always be our litmus test because he's the one who gives us truth. In John chapter 17, we'll turn to that. John 17, 17. John chapter 17, verse 17. Here's another memory verse for you. And the good news is that it's a short verse. But when Jesus was praying, the John chapter 17 is the, is the prayer chapter. I like to call it Jesus' prayer chapter. Because that's exactly what was taking place. But what he's doing is he's telling us how much he loves us in this prayer. He wants everybody who believes in him to be sanctified by the truth. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. The moment you are doubtful about what's going on, go back to this passage. Go back to John chapter 17. Look at what Jesus says about us. Look at what his prayer is for us. God's word is truth. Jesus shares in John chapter 14 verse 6 that he is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Another memory verse for you, by the way. Amen? Amen? Now, why am I making this emphasis about memory verses? You need to be ready to speak about Jesus. It's part of what we are made up of. It's part of our responsibility as believers in Jesus Christ. We're not just here, you know, for the coffee and donuts. We're here because we're serving our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the statement about Jesus being the one and the only one requires a believer to stay on this truth. And that everything spoken of Jesus in the Bible supports this truth. Psalm 119, verse 160 declares that the sum of your word is truth and every one of your righteous rules endures forever. His word of truth is eternal. It always has existed. It always will exist There is no change to this word. And it's eternal. And I'm going to tell you something. There's nothing, you know, we talk about guarantees and warranties and getting things repaired and fixed. I was happy to hear our 17-year-old dryer didn't have to be replaced because it was actually a pretty good model. So we had a minor repair for it. For the, it costs a little bit of money now, but it could still it could, probably could go on another 17 years, for all I know. But you can't say that much about the stuff they make today. They're not going to guarantee stuff for 17 years, but God's word is our guarantee. It's eternal, it's lasting. And it really doesn't cost us anything except our time and our effort to stay in it and learn more about him. The last word, illumination. Illumination. Now, through the aid of the Holy Spirit, believers are able to understand Scripture and are reminded of what, of that which Jesus uttered. Did you get that? We understand Scripture... Because of the Holy Spirit, the Illuminator. Remember, as a non-believer, a lot of what we read in Scripture to them is gibberish. Doesn't make any sense. Who is this God? Well, the Holy Spirit, here's a, here's a well-known situation. The Holy Spirit had to get you to make a decision To acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord. Had to. You know why? Because in your flesh you'd never do it. In your flesh you would never do it. The flesh is opposite of who Jesus is. That's what his word teaches. So the Holy Spirit had a part in every single person in this room... Who acknowledges Jesus Christ as Lord. He had to make the words that you heard, the words that you read, make sense. For the sake of Jesus. That's a truth that will always exist. The Spirit has to be the one to show you the truth. Turn to John chapter 14, verse 26. John chapter 14, verse 26. Illumination. Remember the expression when the light bulb goes off? Or when you understand something, there's like a light bulb, a symbol, that something is going off? Well, that's exactly what happens when the Spirit gives you information. And how when you read a passage over and over again, maybe you've read it nine times, but the tenth time, bamo! It may not have happened a lot with a bamo, but but you have greater understanding of that passage. Guess who did that? The Holy Spirit. Because the Spirit, as mysterious as it is, is all about His timing. His timing. His timing is perfect. He gives us this information when we're ready to receive it. When we're ready to acknowledge it. Now, I I know I'm I'm not losing my place. Just letting you know. God's timing is perfect. But that doesn't mean that you, you need to pray for anybody you know in your life right now who's not following Jesus. And you need to keep praying. In Matthew chapter 7, it says, ask, seek, and find. It talks about asking, seeking, and finding, and the door will be open. But you've got to be in prayer. That that door will be open for that person who acknowledges Jesus Christ. Sometime, some way, someday. Don't stop praying. Amen? I think every message that I give from now on may say that because we just don't know how much time we have. We can't play around with it. You know somebody who doesn't know the Lord. Somebody personal. Make that part of your daily prayer. John 14, verse 26. But the counselor... The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have told you. Now some versions, that was the christian Center Bible version, other versions may use the word helper or advocate instead of counselor. But each of those references accurately depict the role of the Holy Spirit. He's an advocate. He's a counselor. He's a helper. Amen? What would we do without the Holy Spirit? What could we do without the Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit has to be part of this. Education. Now you might have your own ways of describing the Holy Spirit. It might be a good time, as you continue to learn more from Jesus and receive his sanctifying power, to find your own words to define the nature and character of his presence in your life. Do you understand how important it is for you to know all about who you are and know about who you are in Christ? You can call it a soul-searching moment if you want to, but it really is something you should be able to articulate. Why do you love the Lord? Grab a piece of paper and a pen and start writing it down. Well, let me put it to you this way. It shouldn't take you two and a half hours to figure out who you are in Jesus Christ. That's just a, you know, I'm just, I'm not going to stand over you while you do it either. But it shouldn't take that long for you to figure it out. You should have a really good idea. But sometimes writing it down and putting it in front of you. And the great thing is about Pencils, they have erasers. You can always fix it. You can always modify it. But you need to know. And the reason why I tell you that is because when you talk to people about who Jesus is, they may ask you some questions and say, "Who do you think Jesus is?" And you can't be like, "Ah, ah, ah, ah." You need to know how to say those words and articulate it. Find your own words for them. Draw your answers from how Jesus describes the Holy Spirit and go from there. 1 John chapter 4, verse 8 reminds us that God is love. Start there. God is love. He loves us. How many of us love to be loved by the Lord? Now, everybody should have their hand up on that. Both hands, amen? As praise. We all need to know and understand God loves us. If you can't figure out what to say about it, start there. Because the Lord loves us. And what did he do on the cross for us? He showed us how much he loved us. Turn to John 16, verses 13 through 15. John 16, verses 13 through 15. Another verse for illumination. Pardon me. Verse 13, John chapter 16. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own, but he will speak whatever he hears. He will also declare to you what is to come. He will glorify me because he will take from what is mine and declare it to you. Everything the Father has is mine. This is why I told you that he takes from what is mine and will declare it to you. So the Spirit is acting on behalf of who? Jesus Christ. Now we know that the triune God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, listen, that's just something we have to have faith about because we talk about three different personalities here that God is showing, but it's still the same God. That's a matter of faith too. The word Trinity is not used in the Bible. But there's evidence of the Trinity all throughout Scripture one more passage to look at. 1 Corinthians 2. It's a little bit longer. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 11 through 16. 1 Corinthians 2, verses 11 through 16. Now, just a little tidbit that I just thought about. The way we're flipping pages right now and looking at scriptures, that should be you, personally, at home, Or wherever you are. You should be doing the same thing. When we leave here. The Bible should not be closed up. For six more days. And then opened up again on the seventh day. That ain't how it works. Amen. If you love the Lord. That statement. Will be unnecessary. You'll do it on your own. 1 Corinthians 2, verses 11 through 16. For who knows a person's thoughts except his spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. Now we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who comes from God, so that we may understand what has been freely given to us by God. Do you get that? Understand it. Verse 13. Verse 13. We also speak these things not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual things to spiritual people. Verse 14. But the person without the Spirit does not receive what comes from God's Spirit, because it is foolishness to him. He is not able to understand it since it is evaluated spiritually. The spiritual person, however, can evaluate everything. And yet he himself cannot be evaluated by anyone. For who has known the Lord's mind that he may instruct him? That's a quote from Isaiah 40, 13. But we have the mind of Christ. It's a mindset. We have the mind of Christ. We have the understanding because of the Spirit explaining things to us as we go. Teaching us as we go. Counseling us as we go being an advocate for us as we go. We have a wonderful thing. May we use it properly. Now I want to point out that as these verses get longer and longer, you may have noticed that, and the sentences increase, you should be more concerned about capturing where you can locate the passage in Scripture rather than memorizing the whole thing. So you're not going to memorize 2 Corinthians, all these verses here, right? You're going to now capture where it is located so you can find it, so you can refer back to it, because you should keep a Bible nearby all the time. Amen? Not just on Sunday morning. My Bible... Is in my pocket that I use a lot most often. It's right here. And I can whip out concordances and life application scriptures that are explained. It's right here. We have amazing technology, everybody, it's incredible. Because it's not practical to always have a physical Bible with you wherever you go. It'd be cool if you could. But when you don't, here you go. So when you look at a passage like this in the category of illumination, try to memorize the references to the verses. And learn their relevance to the category. Because you need to know that to be able to explain it to others. In other words, always keep your Bible handy. And as stated in 1 Peter 3.15, which is what I was alluding to earlier, be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. You look different because of you being a follower of Jesus Christ. People are going to see that. You know who's going to do that? The Spirit is going to illuminate you before other people. So when people come up to you and ask you, why are you not tripping out about what's going on right now? Woo, what an opening that is. But do this with gentleness and respect. Because for those of us who remember about the Samaritan woman this morning, she was probably one of the least respected people in society. And Jesus took the time to speak to her. There are similar verses that you can refer to pertaining to the Word of God and His inspiration, inerrancy, and illumination. But the verses we just covered will propel you towards increasing your knowledge of God and standing firm in His goodness. God is good. The Word of God is showing you how good He is. Amen. You're going to be prepared to learn from Jesus as you share his gospel with others, which we are all called to do. Turn to Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20, very quickly. Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. Now this, everybody, also should be a memory verse. And this verse is our church's mission statement. So for that reason, it should be a memory verse. Amen? Amen? Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. And some say 19 through 20, but I'm I'm reading verse 18 for context here. Jesus came near and said to them, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. For our purposes, Jesus is with us forever. For our purposes, Jesus is with us for as long as we're alive here on earth. He is never leaving us. He's never forsaking us. He never will because he loves us. Not with the love that we sometimes have for other people, but with the agape love that we need to make sure that we adapt. Luke chapter 11, verses 27 through 28 says, As he said these things, a woman in the crowd raised her voice and said to him, Jesus, said said to him, excuse me, who was Jesus, Blessed is the womb that bore you and the breast at which you nursed. But he said, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Hear the word of God and keep it. His word is eternal. Eternal. Isaiah 40, verse 8 says, The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Amen. Praise the Lord for his word. So this study of the word of God will prayerfully take you to a place where you want to seek the word on your own. Seek the Lord on your own. And that's the key to developing a relationship with Jesus. Growing a relationship requires effort. Amen. Not having the relationship, growing the relationship requires effort. Growing a love relationship with Jesus involves passion. You, want, you have to want to do it. Always remember what Jesus did for you on the cross. And now you're going to understand that his passion for you has always been there. Hey, let's meet him where he is. Meet him where he is. So if you're willing, please join me on this journey. The great thing about this is that Jesus is coming along on this journey right with us. Amen. Father, we are thankful for all that you have done and all that you continue to do to show us. Indeed, before we loved you, how much you love us. And Lord, may we take the words to heart that we have the desire to take the time to get together with you when we leave our church and spend time in you all day long in prayer. Thank you, Lord, for your teaching and thank you for your instruction. Thank you for helping us to get launched into this process where we want to learn more about you. Thank you for loving us in spite of who we are. We indeed need forgiveness early and often from you. And yet you are faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins and cleanse us in your righteousness. And we thank you for that too. Lord, may we always remain humble before you and humble before others. Your word indeed speaks for itself. We don't need to add to it or take away from it. Thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing. And as a brief reminder, Lord, we want to remember those who do not know you. If you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ, make it a point to seek him right now. Make it a point to ask him to come into your heart. You want to know more about him not because of what He can do for you, but for what He's already done for you. He loves you. You're here because of Him. Trust in Him right now. Believe in Him. Speak to Him. Allow the Spirit to speak to you now. Lord, we just thank You. We give You all the praise and all the glory. You indeed are worthy of our praise. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. the Lord. Tell you something. We have an orchestra now that rivals any church that I can think of, and I'm talking about the ones on YouTube too. The ones that are up there. <laughs> you guys are great. Praise the Lord for each and every one of you. Amen. Donovan knows I'm always going to say something, so. But hey, the proof is in the pudding. It's right here. make sure you get your soul done. I just want to make sure. Okay. (laughs) Thank you, everybody, for joining us today for another message. We appreciate you looking us up online, too, if you want additional information about our church. AkronAlliance.org. All one word, AkronAlliance.org. And follow us on our Facebook page, Akron Alliance Fellowship. That's all it says, Akron Alliance Fellowship. Look us up there, too. But God bless you all. Take care of yourselves. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time that we've sat together and heard you speak to us. We thank you, Lord, for your word, your encouragement. And now we ask for travel mercies as we go forth. And for those who are coming back again tonight at 5, Lord, may you bless them and keep them as they go and move about today, throughout the day, keeping the Lord on their hearts and minds and in their spirit. We thank you and give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You're dismissed. (laughs) you. <laughs>